Welcome back, everyone, and here we are for the 23rd consecutive hour, Banter Banter. Yeah! I'm joined with a fresh new bundle of hosts. Here we have Aaron. Hi. And sitting on top of his shoulders, brandishing one of those American gladiator Q-tips, Mike. Yeah, yeah! Take him down. Have you guys ever heard the NES version of American Gladiators? If you knock one of the opponents off the scream that they make? No. Oh, y'all need to look that up. It is one of the greatest little sound bites you will ever listen to in your entire lives. I guarantee it. You should make it your ringtone. Yes, I am going to do that. Speaking of ringtones, I have made my ringtone the virus from Archer. Hunch, hunch. What, what? I remember that. We annoyed a friend of mine to no end. In fact, my friend Jared and I used to spam that joke so much at parties that the person that we annoyed refused to watch Archer for three years because we kept running that joke into the ground. All right, gentlemen, we are here for something very important this early part of September. What is so important? We need to make people very aware. That we are on Green Day Watch. (gasps) What? Oh, that's right. Green Day Watch, the most precious of times of the year. Do you know what this means? I can only assume this means someone fell asleep because his life was a bore. And someone told him to quit whining because it's bringing me down. Bro. Yes, but as we all know, this is the time of year when Asgard is deep in the throes of battle. As unfortunately, Odin is no longer with us. He had to appoint somebody else. And with Thor and the MCU off adventuring with Chris Pratt and everyone else, he has taken it upon himself to be the martyr, the bearer of the Odin force. Yes, Mr. Billy Joe Armstrong wields this enormous power that his mortal frame can barely work to keep him together. So, in Asgard, he stands a vigil, being prepared for the returning signs of Ragnarok. Specifically, as we can all feel in the dog days of summer, the mythic creature Surtur has come to engulf not just Asgard, but Midgar, our realm, in flames. Which is why it's so hot. Mike, if you had this power, you too would feel the heavy dredge, the drain of energy as the very fiber of your mortal being is ripped apart. And basically you struggle to cope with the Odin Force. And the only thing that can satiate this is going into the deep slumber that is the Odin sleep. So you mean the job I've been waiting for. Exactly. Where I get paid to sleep four months on end. When does he fall asleep? What causes this sleep? Is this like a, he wakes up at the end of September and he's like, oh, cool. Oh, November. Oh, oh, man. Oh, sorry. I got to go back to sleep now. He left us very explicit instructions in one of his songs in the album American Idiot. I think it's been 15 years, hasn't it? But anyway, very explicit instructions. He's been asleep for 15 years? No, no, no. He comes out every year to fight off Surtur, which is why... Once he awakens and defeats him in battle, the days start getting cooler. This heralds the oncoming of winter. But once he's secured his victory, and winter has fully been set upon us, 
He celebrates any and all wintertime holidays and then re-enters the Odin sleep. A, to make sure that his mortal frame isn't destroyed, and B, to not overwhelm the rest of us mortals with his incredible power. You know, Billy, this is just a shout out to you when you listen to this. Whenever you want to tag out, man, I got my hand up. I'm the side of the ropes waiting. Tag me in. I will gladly sleep through summer in this great hot state that we live in. Well, just remember, it's for a good while because his exhaustion cycle pretty much has him conking out somewhere in January right after his victory. And that's when stuff starts to normalize. Things go back to normal up until the later part, what is it, June? When everything breaks loose again and the cycle continues. I definitely feel like he's awake right around the end of February. Why is that? That's when it's still icy, icy cold. That last cold front rolls through. And that's when he falls asleep. That's the leftovers. I mean, he formed a pact with the Frost Giants and the Frost Giants helped him fight. So it's not necessarily him that makes it cold. Rather, the allegiances that he calls upon. Well, I would stay awake at least until the end of February, and then I would high-five everybody before I fell asleep. Aaron, what would you do? Oh, I'm so sorry. I just, I had to go get a bowl of popcorn for this amazing narrative that you guys just gave us. It's truly a gift. What would I do if I was the Chosen of Odin? The Odin son? The Soden? How would you handle the burden of not being able... How would I handle the burden? You wouldn't be able to stay awake. Not forever, at least. Would you maybe take Odin power naps and instead break it down and we'd be in this basically perpetual state of spring and fall? Yes, please, please, please. I'd take some Odin power naps, the long Odin slumber. And when my time came, I would just grab a fistful of Senzu beans, chomp them all down, and then just get to town taking, uh... Surter. 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 I was about to say Seder. I'm like, no, it's not Seder. That's a goat thing. Surter... To quote a, a brilliant bunch of goof-headed brothers, uh, take him to Beef City. You take him to Flavortown? Take him to Flavortown. He's gonna taste the beef, these fists, fisticuffs. Just keep in mind, it is our job as the beings that inhabit Midgar to join together here in the next few weeks and help Billy Joe Armstrong awaken from the Odin sleep to save us all before we're all engulfed in flames. I will try to make sure I get to Frontgar and help them with waking the Odin sleep process too. And I'll cover rear guard. Boom. Nailed it. Got all of them. Front, middle, rear. So I guess to... Oh no, what about above and below? Above Ah! guard and below guard. So I guess to move us along, I wanted to talk about an article that somebody brought to my attention a while back. This is from the Associated Press. This actually occurred a couple of months ago. It seems that the director of Iowa's social service agency, Jerry Foxhoven, lost his job in the last couple of months. According to the state government, this didn't have anything to do with it, but he did seem to be a very avid and outspoken fan of long-past West Coast rapper Tupac Shakur. How would you guys feel about having a boss that was uh, so much into... I guess I, I don't consider either of you two to be much into rap, would you? I will say for my tastes, I like a lot of the early 80s and 90s R&B. I wouldn't even consider it rap, I would consider it R&B. There are a few modern rap artists that I like. I'm a big fan of Odyssey and Monkeer. It's kind of a fusion of rap and jazz that I'm kind of digging. 
I really enjoy the state of Florida. I mean, sorry, I'm pretty sure he pronounces his name Florida. Florida. Got it. You appreciate the state of Florida. Flo- Florida. Sounds like something you brush your teeth with. Fluoride. Yes, that is in all of your water. Talk to the government about that. Yeah, because I mean, this guy got into some shenanigans. So apparently for his 65th birthday, he would get Tupac themed cookies that some of them just had phrases like thug life on them. <laughs> this guy was 65? Yeah. I would have definitely indulged this man in his enjoyment. Being somebody who got a strong dose of the Dirty Third Coast rap when it was <laughs> up and coming before it was actually nationally popular. Yeah, man. Hey, if you got music that you love, don't be afraid. It's not like he was blasting curse words or anything while he was at the office. Props, man. Tupac. It's a legend. It's a good man. So yeah, Aaron, he was 66 when he resigned from his position. Wow. Which was sometime after he sent an email to the entire agency, which is somewhere north of 4,300 employees, suggesting that the state possibly lower the flags to half-mast in remembrance of Tupac's death. Totally acceptable. His office should have been allowed to do a half-mast. The man is a legend. I don't see why we should not allow select locations to show reverence to someone like that. Mr. Foxhoven, he was a longtime university professor at Drake University. Professor of law, in fact, before he even became the director of social services in Iowa. Well, Mr. Foxhoven, when you pass, I too will petition for Tupac to get half-mast notoriety, but you as well, for your endeavors, and don't let the man get you down. Because I'm offended that anyone would consider using this as a grievance against you. It's good music, I think Tupac has some great life lessons hidden in his lyrics, and if you aren't willing to listen, it's your own fault. I don't know a lot about Tupac or his music, but from what I've given to understand, he seems to be one of the last classy rappers. (laughs) Well, you didn't listen to some of his early stuff. Oh, was it a journey? It was all anger, and then he kind of mellowed out with age? I would definitely say that. He had a different style of rap that was... Definitely the East Coast, West Coast rivalry going on. Would you say it was the beginning, the genesis of gangster rap? I don't know if I would claim him to be the genesis of, because I do not know my rap history well enough to make a point of that nature. I would say he's definitely one of the early beginners, because I assume you know NWA probably fits into the older stuff maybe fits more into the gangster rap classification as it evolved and gained momentum in mainstream music yeah now you just got rappers i don't even know where rappers are nowadays they're they're just trying to make a name for themselves and make some money i don't understand mumble rap because i literally cannot understand them but some people like it and I'm not one to tell them they are not allowed to like that kind of music. You know who I bet would be great at mumble rap? Sylvester Stallone. Yes, definitely now. With mush. Mush. Topping it at number one of the charts is 
Sylvester Stallone with his first breakout hit, Adrian. <laughs> oh, you could actually understand me? Ooh, that does not work. Sorry. I... Does that is that better? Now you just sound like you're drunk. Like I said, I don't know my mumble rap knowledge very well, and I do not understand any of their lyrics because they are mumbling, hence the term. I didn't even know that was a genre until you informed me. Well, here's something I learned. Apparently, at one point, Tupac moved to the Baltimore School of the Arts. He studied acting, poetry, jazz, and ballet. He performed Shakespeare plays and was playing the role of the Mouse King in the ballet The Nutcracker. See, again, classy. He had a thespian side to him. And you know what? Sometimes being in the limelight as he was, taking the time, and maybe not trying to show off that you did these things, but it really gives you a stronger baseline for the public eye that you're in. Right. He definitely made a lot of social commentary, which... It's hard to come by in a way that is, I guess, as popularly consumed as uh, with, like, Mr. Jerry Foxhoven. Something that could bring somebody in his position to, like, follow him and still become a prominent member of the government. You know, you think generically politicians don't normally ascribe to things like crap, but I don't know. Then again, Tupac was sort of just a game changer, even within his genre. I think there's a negative stigma that goes with a lot of rap, but a lot of the older stuff is pretty good. You know, it's just a reflection of the soul of the person. What is the deal with that? No, really. What is the deal with that? I think the deal is... What's the deal with that? Guys, we are still on the 30th anniversary of the first season of Seinfeld. What? And I wanted to change paces a little bit and introduce you to our now and forever game that will probably never make a comeback, which I like to call, What's the Deal with That? So, and what's the deal with that? I'm going to ask my two co-hosts. Well, not so much ask them, but read them two short synopses of Seinfeld episodes. And it is their job to determine whether the first one or the second one is an actual synopsis to an episode of Seinfeld or something written by the subreddit, Reddit Writes Seinfeld. And our first synopsis is... George quits his job as a realtor out of frustration. When his boss fails to rehire him, George seeks revenge and enlists Elaine to help. Jerry and Creamer also seek revenge on a laundromat owner who Jerry believes has stolen money that was in Jerry's clothes. So that's one episode. The next episode... Okay, I think I'm gonna mark that one as uh, possibly true. Alright. The next episode is... George wants to date a feminist because he heard that they refuse to let men pay for their meals. Elaine loses a bet and has to go on a date with Newman. Kramer refuses to zip up his fly because he believes pants with airflow will feel much better. That definitely sounds like a real episode. That's something Kramer would do. So you would say the first one is the Reddit episode and the second one is... Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, I'm definitely going to say the first one is the Reddit because I do know that Mr. Casanza 
worked for a baseball team. They don't give us money, so I will not say their name right now. Aaron, you have any inklings? Uh, yeah, actually, I, again, I'm not a very avid Seinfeld fan. I've hardly ever watched it, but after listening to both synopsis, I'm actually going to go the opposite. I think the second one is the Reddit. Well, I'm going to have to give this point to Aaron. The first synopsis comes from Seinfeld Season ah, 2, Episode 12. That's it. He wasn't hired by them yet. That's the problem. That's my problem. Yeah. Early on in the series, he did work real estate. Eventually, he settles into a job working at the said baseball team. The second synopsis is brought to you by Reddit user Pizza with Ketchup. Nice. Also, Pizza with Ketchup is a great combination. Please, you should try your pizza with some ketchup. In our first synopsis for this round, Jerry and Elaine debate whether Jerry is obligated to send a thank you card for a fruit basket he received after helping an elderly neighbor move a TV. Quote, The fruit basket was a thank you. If anything, I should send him a you're welcome card. Now for the other episode, George persuades a reluctant Jerry to invest in a stock tip. When the stock plummets, Jerry pulls out in order to minimize his losses. George stands by his investment. Meanwhile, Jerry's week away with his girlfriend, Vanessa, is ruined by foul weather. Kramer has an idea for a rollout tie dispenser. Wow. A rollout tie, like, dye? D-Y-E dispenser? No, no, like necktie. Oh, a rollout tie dispenser. Both of those sound incredibly plausible. From what little I know about the show and the characters, those both sound very feasible. I am going to go with the first story is Reddit. I'm going to agree with Aaron because I know Jerry does occasionally go out for a weekend, but that weekend usually is the inevitable end of said relationship. And with the weather making things horrible, it sounds like that's the end of that relationship. And honestly, Kramer wanting to invent something just sounds very par for the course. (laughs) All right. Well, the first synopsis is brought to us by Glass Jester on Reddit. Oh, yeah. Yes. While the second synopsis is brought to you by Season 1, Episode 5 of Seinfeld. Oh, my goodness. Early in the show. Before it had its year break. Yeah, so good job, guys. You've defeated my Seinfeld puzzle. Oh, come on. This is fun. Do another one. Do another one. All right. <laughs> Let me do one more because we need to see if Mike can make up some ground here. So did we gain a level? Did we level up? Yes, actually, both of you get a point for this one. So now I'm level two. Awesome. Awesome. So here's round three. Synopsis one. Jerry's Australian girlfriend buys him a birthday dinner at a steakhouse, but didn't tip. They don't tip in Australia. Now word spreads that Jerry's a tip skipper. Kramer insists it's a dumpable offense, but Elaine disagrees. George fakes an Australian accent at a restaurant to stop tipping. That definitely sounds like something he would do, because he hates tipping. Synopsis 2. Jerry's parents come to New York so that his father can visit a back specialist. At the doctor's office, Jerry's father realizes that his wallet is gone. Jerry lies to his parents about the watch that they gave him, which he threw away. The watch turns up on the wrist of Jerry's garbage-picking Uncle Leo. In an attempt to break up with her psychiatrist boyfriend, Elaine tells him that she's dating Kramer and then meets Crazy Joe. Oh my gosh. 
I think the first one is the Reddit. Wow, you did a really good job picking these, Manny. These are... They're a bit of a head-scratcher. I'm not going to lie. With the first round, I had insight, personal insight. The second one, I just... If I'm being honest, I just kind of winged it. And this one, man, I'm going to be winging it again, guys, I think. I'm going to go with the second one as the Reddit story. All right. So the first synopsis is brought to you by... The Legend 2-7 on Reddit. Yes, it's a tie game! Two to two! Aw, beans! And the second synopsis is brought to you by Season 4, Episode 5 of Seinfeld. The giveaway was the fact that the line about Jerry's dad forgetting his wallet. Right. And there was no resolution information. Just forgot his wallet. Okay, that sounds like a plot line that would be going nowhere. But not something from Reddit. Well done, Mike. It was just a lucky guess, man. Lucky guess. Tie ball game. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, thanks for watching. Right now, at the end of round three, we have both Aaron and Mike tied at two points each. Who's going to take home the trophy? We're not going to find out tonight. (laughs) Join us next time for another exciting adventure in What's the Deal with That? Mike, did you want to bring up a topic? Oh, boy. Well. He thought you'd never ask, Manny. My work life has been unique recently. And there have been some things that have come up. It made me think, which of these jobs do I want to apply for? Or do I want to look outside of the company I'm with and maybe find a different job? So I stuck my nose to the internet grindstone. And I came across a few. They, they are a little out of state. But, you know, I figured if I'm going to look for a possible second job or a replacement first job, you know, I kind of want to live in a sandy beach area that is very prone to hurricanes. The Bermuda Triangle. Very, very close. I put my hand right over my eyebrows. And boy, howdy, did I find some stuff in South Florida that I am very intrigued by. Like a dumpster fire? This feels like an episode of Jerry Springer or something that they're going to tweak at the last moment when you sit down on stage because it is they are now casting friends who had a falling out and want to reunite. Ah, sweet. And, you know, I have a few friends that I I can't say I had a falling out with, but I just lost touch with. And I would love to, you know, sit down and rekindle that friendship, maybe. Or find out that, like, it's going to be a breakdown, throw the chairs across the stage brawl. And the crowd's going to start cheering my name. Start my TV career with that, you know? Or cheer for the bouncer. Aaron, I've hated you since you moved away. Now let's go have this reunion special at whatever show that Mike's talking about. They didn't tell me the show, but... Listen, man, you want to go, I'll fill that whole stage with an uppercut, you hear me? <laughs> How do you can? Sure you can. <laughs> Tiger. Tiger uppercut. Punch me in the face. Bring it on. Sure you can. While I was looking at that, I saw something just below it in the line on uh, the good old Craigers. Good old Craig. I don't know why they were asking for it, because it doesn't seem quite appropriate. But uh, this is the pitch that went through my head when I saw the tagline. Are you a freshly caught fish or just recently thought out? Yes to both of those. 
we are in need of a sushi model. So if you are a fresh piece of sushi, we are ready to take photos of you. Oh dear. Click, 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 click. Unfortunately, once I got into it, I found out it's not for me. They want sexy, curvy sushi models for the family special. <laughs> the family special. Oh, wow. I Sorry, I actually finished reading this. It is for the birthday of an 18-year-old boy. So, sushi, sake, bukake, <laughs> everything Japanese. It asks for the availability for fitting. I think they're asking me to lay down and they put the sushi on my body. So I don't know why they need me for fitting, but... Clearly, I don't fit into their descriptors because the model should be between the ages of 18 and 30. So I clearly just have to scratch my name off that list. I might be able to fit the other definitions, but we'll just... What, aren't you like 27? Oh, you're so kind. I know I have a boyish face, but I don't have a boyish figure. This ad is interesting. And if I'm correct, I've heard that this is actually a thing. In Japan, where you can basically have a smorgasbord served on top of a naked female, and you just take food off of her, slowly revealing her body and her form. I'm pretty sure you can get that anywhere in the United States if you have enough money. That sounds like a health code violation. When they, like, have to... Go through a rigorous cleaning regimen? Oh, yeah. Well, look, look. All they have to do is wash their hands before serving food. You're not supposed to get the dangly parts near the food. Yeah. You just have to wash your hands before serving the food. Those are the instructions on every bathroom when I go out to eat. Staff must wash hands before returning back to work. So that's all you have to do. What about food models? Staff don't have arms, much less hands. They're just... Wooden or sometimes metal rods. Look, I'm not trying to get in the details of that stuff because, you know, I don't... Are you supposed to wash your hands with a staff? Is that why Gandalf has a staff? The staff of cleanliness. Uh, you, Yeah, you could. No. Gandalf has a staff because he power leveled himself and totally kill steeled that Balrog from everybody. Do you need to make sure that you wash your hands... With the staff, so the staff stays clean, so you don't get a staff infection? Yes, that is exactly how it works. I knew it. Look, Gandalf's all about delegation. The Fellowship of the Ring was his staff. It was an acceptable staff that he hired. That's a pretty good staff. Pretty diverse. They didn't actually get the job done. They didn't get rid of the ring. Well, I mean, yeah, they did. They got rid of the ring. It was kind of by accident. Do you think that Gimli, Aragorn, and Legolas were there purely to fulfill the affirmative action part of his organization? Yes. Because it seemed like he front-loaded his party with, well, I'm sorry, his staff with halflings. Well, yeah, everyone loves kids. He was just trying to round out the group. Since there were multiple people that, that had rings, he wanted to make everybody feel included. I think, I just think the Shire was his supplier. <laughs> I mean, even Saruman pointed that out. It rhymed. It has to be true. Definitely. They were definitely the supplier. His love for the halfling's leaf. And speaking of being a supplier, this next job was one that I was actually a little interested in. Because if I ever want to become a supplier, I don't want photos of my face with my product and this is for a modeling job but it says model job no face 
I'm pretty sure I can do a no face. You just get the green man suit and just put the head cover over and I'll have a no face. Are you saying that a face would be the deal breaker for you? Well, if my face is in the photo, then they'll know it's my product that I'm holding in my hand as they do the photo shoot. Even though you're in full head-to-toe spandex? What exactly is this product you're holding in your hands? It just says looking for models for a no-face shot. I guess I can see that. Someone holding, like, a can of Pepsi or Coke. Well, uh, you know, I guess I should have uh, read this a little bit further, because it says all shots from the neck down or behind. I don't want to get shot from behind. No one likes behind shots. I just don't want to get shot. I don't... Bullets and me, we, like, you know, it's like oil and water. We don't mix. It could be, like, injections. Oh, maybe they're talking about butt chugging. I'd rather have the injection in the arm. I don't want to, like, eat from my butt and poop it out my mouth. No, but it would be shots, so it'd be alcohol. So it'd be incredibly dangerous because the rest of your digestive tract isn't filtering out as much alcohol as it can. And instead, the final portion of that tract is just absorbing all of the alcohol. My kidneys and liver might be happy for that prospect, but no, they might be dead for that because it's going to hit your kidneys and liver get full force. If I go into anaphylactic shock, my kidneys won't notice what happened anyway, right? Because I'll be in shock. They will. They're going to shut down your consciousness so they can try and deal with it. Yeah, no, I'll be in shock. Look, I've been in anaphylactic shock. I know what happens. You don't know what's you going on. You don't know on. what's going so- on. Kidneys don't know either, because they're also in shock. They're like, whoa, hey, man, why'd the party come from that direction? I'm fairly certain your kidneys have an idea, Mike. I mean, your blood alcohol level is vodka. It's more like an alcohol blood level. Look, just because I recently found some (laughs) blood in my alcohol stream doesn't mean that I have issues here, okay? And orange vodka, please, and thank you. I will also accept lemon vodka. Mike, what question do you have for our audience this evening? My question for the listener group is, how often do you change your shoes? And by change, I mean, you know, replace them due to wear and tear. What's your question? My question tonight is, audience, do you prefer over-ear headphones or earbuds? Do you like sweaty ears or do you like ear holes that hurt because the object is shoved in it? And are also sweaty because you've decided you can jog in them. There's two different creations of sweat there. Aaron? My question, if you could be any kind of animal, which one would you be and why? Honey badger. <laughs> we, we talked about the honey badger last time. Or recently. Always. Honey badger. I'm pretty sure you already don't care. You already don't give a... So folks... Be sure to circulate the tapes. I know this is awful because it does get better. Kind of like Final Fantasy XIII, at about the 40-hour mark, it starts to get better. You mean when the game becomes open world? Exactly. You're not on rails? So, circulate the tapes, rate us on iTunes, and overall, just... Talk to us on the internet, tweet at us. Yeah. Send us text messages, talk to us on Facebook. Leave us a comment on YouTube. And for Pete's sake, if you like what you listen to, share us with your family and friends. Which is probably just another way of saying circulate the tapes. Maybe not the children. You can circulate the Christmas special to the children. Yeah, just remember, family's important. They would want you to not be on fire. Don't be on fire, folks. 
You can reach the hosts of Banter Banter on Twitter. At Brogar, C-R-E, for Manny. You can find Aaron at 8BitWizard. The 8 is Roman numerical. You can find me on Twitter at Mike8Time, the number 8. Find us on Facebook or Twitter at BanterBanterCast. Or you could email us at BanterBanterCast at gmail.com. The opening and closing theme is called Making Me Nervous by Brad Sucks off of his album titled I Don't Know What I'm Doing. Give it a listen or consider buying it. Same Jerry time, same Jerry channel. As long as you listen to this podcast at the same time, every time we publish. Yes, 4 a.m. Central, when it posts. On TBS. And ABC. Not NBC, they got cut from the list. Starfade! Starfade!